Welcome to the podcast of the First Baptist Church of Tryon. I'm Jeff Harris. I'm the pastor here at First Baptist, and I'm grateful for you joining us today. I must say, podcast might be a bit of a stretch because really this is our weekly sermon, and I'm grateful that you've taken the time to listen to this week's sermon. I will give one word of warning, though, especially to those of you who are driving. Sermons um, from time to time tend to put people to sleep, so if you're driving, be real careful. We don't want you to fall asleep, because we'd love to have you tune in next week. (laughs) I hope you enjoy this week's sermon, although enjoy is really not the intended outcome of a sermon, but I am grateful that you took the time to listen, and I hope you have a great week. I'll catch you next week. Those of you who are here in person, and we're grateful for those of you who are joining us at home on Zoom or on YouTube Live. Today had been um, our plan for a really more normal kind of fall schedule, and you know that's not quite happening yet uh, with this surge of the uh, Delta variant that we're having. We have kind of decided to hold off on that for a bit. Um, But we are glad that we can continue to worship in this way and that we will celebrate the Lord's Supper together uh, later today. We have not been able to do that many times in the same room with each other. Also, you may or may not have noticed that there were new hymnals in your pews. There are new pew Bibles. It's actually the translation. We had the Revised Standard Version there for years, but we typically read from the New Revised Standard, and so those are in your few pockets to follow along, and you can also find the page number, I think, to those readings in the bulletin as well. So, that's a little bit of a fall kickoff. Uh, next Sunday when you get here, hopefully you will, you will see the furniture that goes into the gathering space. Uh, we ordered that quite a long time ago, but as you know, many, many things are back-ordered and there's supply chain issues and all those kinds of things, but that should be here next week. So, Enough of those announcements. Let us take a deep breath. Let us slow down. Let us ready ourselves for the worship of God. We are hungry, Lord. Hungry for love. Hungry for grace. Gather us around your table.
May we pray. Eternal God of light and love, we are grateful for this day and this worship time. We indeed long to be fed, Lord. Fill us, we pray, with your spirit so that we may see with your light and know your truth. And then, being followers filled with your love, we can show your love and mercy to all we encounter. In Jesus' name, amen. Sure that he, we don't have to tell you we have new hymnals, but we're so happy to have this book. It's published by the CBF uh, Press in Macon, Georgia. There's a lot of wonderful new hymns in here. Most of the old hymns that we enjoy singing are still in here, and a lot of new words to old tunes that we can enjoy singing. It will it will widen our worship experience greatly. So I hope you enjoy this book, and we will be telling you later. Uh, sometime we'll put it something in the bulletin about if you would like to donate, pay for one of these and have a plaque in it for a loved one, we will talk about that. So thank you so much. responsively. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, O my soul. I will praise the Lord as long as I live. I will sing praises to my God all my life long. Do not put your trust in princes, in mortals in whom there is no help. When their breath departs, they return to the earth. On that every day, their plans perish. Happy are those whose help is the God of Jacob, whose hope 
is in the Lord their God. Who made, Who made heaven, heaven and earth, the sea, and all that is in them. Who keeps faith forever. Who executes justice for the oppressed. Who gives food to the hungry. The Lord sets the prisoners free. The Lord opens the eyes of the blind. The Lord lifts up those who are bowed down. The Lord loves the righteous. The Lord watches over the strangers. He upholds the orphan and the widow, but the way of the wicked he brings to ruin. The Lord will reign forever. Your God will shine for all generations. Praise the Lord. The scripture reading this morning is from James 2, 1 through 10 and 14 through 17. My brothers and sisters, do you with your acts of favoritism really believe in our glorious Lord Jesus Christ? For if a person with gold rings and in fine clothes comes into your assembly, and if a poor person in dirty clothes also comes in, and if you take notice of the one wearing the fine clothes and say, have a seat here please, while to the other one who is poor, you say, stand there or sit at my feet. Have you not made distinctions among yourselves and become judges with evil thoughts? Listen, my beloved brothers and sisters, has not God chosen the poor in the world to be rich in faith and to be heirs of the kingdom that he has promised to those who love him? But you have dishonored the poor. Is it not the rich who oppress you? Is it not they who drag you into court? Is it not they who blaspheme the ex excellent name that was invoked over you? You do well if you really fulfill the royal law according to the scripture. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. But if you show partiality, you commit sin and are convicted by the law as transgressors. For whoever keeps the whole law but fails in one point has become accountable for all of it. What good is it, my brothers and sisters, if you say you have faith but do not have works? Can faith save you? If a brother or sister is naked and lacks daily food, and one of you says to them, go in peace, keep warm, and eat your fill, and yet you do not supply their bodily needs, what is the good of that? So faith by itself, if it has no works, is dead. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. And I think one of the limitations, other than not being able to breathe when you're singing, is that sometimes the word, the diction's muffled. So I would like to read you the words to the song that the ensemble will sing this morning. The River of Life. There's a river that flows from the heart of God, steady and true, with the rhythm of love, bringing light, grace, and life from the Father above. Oh, bless the river, the river of life. In the Jordan we find forgiveness and love. Repent and see that his grace is enough, bringing light to our dark from the Father above. Oh, bless the river, the river of life. From an old rugged cross, a river of blood flows 
from the heart of the Savior of love, bringing grace for all our sin from the Father above. Oh, bless the river, the river of love. And this is very important. This is an invitation to us. Come, you thirsty and weak. Come, you weary and worn. Find renewal and strength. Find a shelter from storm. In the waters of grace, come be cleansed and reborn. Oh, bless the river, the river of life.
Well, somebody somebody lost my scripture. Yeah. Uh, it it got misplaced. I, I'll read I'll read it from my New English version. As soon as I get it up. This reading is from Mark, and it's a story of Jesus reaching out, helping others. And for some reason, my Wi-Fi is not working. So. So we'll, we'll go to this one. Yeah. All right. Sorry. <laughs> well, it's testing me this morning. But uh, this is Mark 4, starting with... twenty. Four. Let me find that. Mark four. Mark seven. Mark, mark seven twenty four. Thank you. Uh, <clears throat> from there, he set out and went away to the region of Tyria. He entered a house and did not want anyone to know he was there, yet could not escape notice. But a woman whose little daughter had an unclean spirit immediately heard about him, and she came and bowed down at his feet. Now the woman was a Gentile of Syrophoenician origin. She begged him to cast the demon out of her daughter. He said to her, let the children be fed first, for it is not fair to take the children's food and throw it to the dogs. But she answered him, Sir, even the dogs eat the table eats the children's crumbs. Then he said to her, For saying that you may go, the demon has left your daughter. So she went home, found the child lying on the bed, and the demon gone. Then he returned to the region of Tyria and went by way of Sidon toward the Sea of Galilee in the region of Decapolis. They brought here to him a deaf man who had impediment in his speech, and they begged him to lay his hands on him. He took them aside in private away from the crowd and put his fingers in his ear, and he spat and touched his tongue. Then he looked up in the heavens he sighed and said to him, Ephata, that is, be open. And he immediately, his ears were open, his tongue was released, and he spoke plainly. Then Jesus ordered them to tell no one. But the more he ordered them, the more zealous they proclaimed it. They were astonished by measure, saying, He has done everything well. He even makes the deaf to hear and the mute to speak. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. 
Charles, I owe you. That is, that is, not, uh, that is not fun to come up and read something and it not be there. I had, in fact, I had, I had a buddy of mine who worked on kind of a large church staff. He was uh, some kind of associate, and the first time he got up to preach from their pulpit, he had put his notes up there before the service, and when he got up to the pulpit, they were gone. And he starts looking around, and there's the whole row of staff, and they're just smiling at him. <laughs> they, they had taken his notes. They said, we always do that. The first time you preach, we take them if you put them up there. I thought that was funny until that happened to me one time. I got up to preach. We'd had a gentleman uh, come up and talk about a mission day we had done. This was back in, when I was in Virginia. And uh, when he took his notes back, he mistakenly, he said, he took mine too. And that was the worst scripture reading I've ever done in my life because I was trying to read the text and trying to remember, how did I start the sermon, right? You got to know how to, anyway, you did well. Thank you for, for doing that. So last week, I, I preached from James because it's, it's kind of hard to, to pass on James. I, I, as I said, I, I love James. It's this book, really, of Jewish wisdom. And, um, you know, sometimes you just want to preach from a text that you really like. And in some ways, those kinds of sermons kind of write themselves. They're just right there for the picking. But at other times, you, you preach from a text for precisely the opposite reason. Uh, that's, one, that's one of the things about the lectionary. And I don't always follow the lectionary, but I, I use it as a general guide for my preaching. And on occasion, there are texts that come up that are really difficult to deal with. And occasionally, I make myself deal with one anyway. And that's why we're talking, that's why I'm preaching from Mark this morning. That's a hard text, and to be honest with you, I don't really like that text, or to say it a different way, it's really difficult to navigate or to know exactly what to do with the text, with this exchange between Jesus and this Syrophoenician woman, this Gentile woman. She has a daughter who is possessed, and she goes to Jesus and she begs him to help her daughter. And this is what Jesus says. He says, let the children be fed first. For it is not fair to take the children's food and throw it to the dogs. Now just to be clear, Jesus, when he says the children's food, he's, he's referring to Israel, to God's people. And then when he says, it's not fair to take the children's food and throw it to the dogs, he's referring to the Gentiles, those outside of Israel. Throwing it to the dogs. That's fairly strong language. And, and there are some folks who try to soften those words a little bit, try to... You know, well, maybe that's not really what he said. In fact, some folks will say that. They'll just say, I don't think Jesus said that. I don't know how that got in there. I don't think he said it. And then some folks will say, well, you know, I think he was probably having a bad day. Which I'm sure he had some of. I mean, right? It's life. He was human. Some, this is kind of the most popular way to try to soften the text a little bit, is to say that he was testing the woman's faith. 
He says this to see how she will respond. Others will say it's actually not quite as bad as it really sounds, that it's, a, it's, it's more of a proverb. It's kind of this that, that would have been a bit more familiar in that context. Maybe we would have said it this way, charity begins at home. Some say that. Some even say Jesus himself is wrestling with this wider mission of God that is to include not just Israel, but all people. And some said he wasn't just quite ready for this yet. I, I, I don't know, to be quite honest with you. And the truth is it doesn't really matter in a lot of ways. The point I'm trying to make is that it is a fairly stern statement that should catch our attention because here's this woman who is bowing at Jesus' feet. She comes and bows at his feet. And she has this daughter who is possessed and, and she will do anything that she can do to have her daughter healed. And when Jesus says to her, when he says, it's not fair to take the children's food and throw it to the dogs, guess what? She isn't rattled one bit. In fact, she replies, sir, sir, even the dogs get the children's crumbs. Even the dogs under the table get the children's crumbs. And I must say, that's a pretty clever response. I mean, usually, usually that's the kind of thing that comes to you when you're getting ready to go to bed that night, right? You're like, oh, that's what I should have said. That happens to me like every Sunday when I'm driving home. Oh, that's how I should have preached that sermon. Like it just, you know, it hits you and you think, you know. But she is right on the spot, and she says, but sir, even the dogs get the crumbs. And sometimes we, sometimes we talk about this woman as a woman. We talk about her as this Syrophoenician woman, this Gentile woman. But I think there's probably a better, she is a woman, but I think the better term is mother. She's a mother. She is a mother, and there is nothing that she will not do to have her daughter be well. She knows that her daughter is worthy of being healed, that this little girl needs to be healed, and she knows who can heal her. She knows that Jesus is the one who can heal her. And so this outsider, this, this dog, if you will, she demonstrates greater faith than those from Jesus' own hometown. Those who just a few chapters ago were questioning, well, who is this? Yet this outsider, this outsider comes and says, please, please heal my daughter. The truth is, you would think that maybe Mark would have left that part out, right? Maybe Because there's like a lot of stuff that happens in Jesus' life. And we just get like a snippet of it, really. And you think he would have maybe left this part out. And it's in Matthew as well. Matthew's version of the story is actually a little bit rougher even than Mark's. And, and you would think in some ways, you would think, eh, maybe. 
maybe I'll just skip over that part. Somebody could think of that, you know, as maybe coming across as a little too rough. But you see, it is really important for us to remember that the kingdom is not just for insiders. It's so important to remember that God's love is not just reserved for insiders, but that God's grace and God's mercy is open to those outsiders who are willing to pick up crumbs from under the table. That's all. I don't even need a seat at the table, she says. I, I don't need a seat at the table. I just want some of those crumbs. Just some of the leftovers, that's all. And the truth is, sometimes that's really all we need. Sometimes a crumb is really all we need. Now I know, I know we are hungry. But sometimes just, just a bite, just a nibble, that's all we really need. We just need to remember that we are not forgotten, that we've not been abandoned, that God loves us and that God forgives us and that God accepts us. That's, that's the whole truth of the gospel right there. And, that, and that's really all we need sometimes, just a little nugget of that. Oh, I know it might be nice to have some grand, big spiritual announcement spelled out in the sky that says, oh, you are ascending to great spiritual heights. Well done. But we don't really need that. It's really not even what we're longing for. What we're really longing for is just a whisper. Just a whisper. To know that we matter and that our lives matter, that God has not forgotten you. And there's this other healing account in the text, and it's this deaf man, this deaf man who doesn't speak well, and Jesus heals him. And immediately his ears are open and his tongue was released and he spoke plainly, the text says. But the interesting thing is, Jesus says, don't speak. At least not about this. He says, don't tell anyone. Don't tell anyone about what I've done. But the more Jesus said, don't tell anyone, <laughs> the more he did. I mean, you've just given me this voice. How can I be quiet? And there was nothing he could do to stop from sharing the beauty of this miracle, this beauty of new life. Jesus, Jesus did tell him to be silent. That's what the text says. But let me just be clear about this. He hasn't told you to be silent. He hasn't told us to be silent. These, these little crumbs of hope, these little bites of mercy and grace, this little bread of morsel, this little morsel of bread that we're going to receive, don't, don't keep it to yourself. Don't be afraid to speak of it. 
this encounter of God that we have. Share it with those who are hungry. Share these crumbs with a world that is starving. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen.
Let us join our hearts together in prayer. Let us pray. Oh Lord, we are grateful that you have welcomed us to your table. We are grateful that you have welcomed us outsiders into the family. May your generosity, O oh Lord, and may your goodness, may they be reflected in us to this world so that everyone may see your beauty and your truth, so that we might be one family brought together through Christ, the one who gives us healing and the one who gives us hope, the one who brought new life to this little girl, the one who helped the deaf to hear and the mute to speak, the blind to see, and the lame to walk. May your deep healing be with all of us, and may it be especially with the ones that we offer to you aloud. And I invite you in the sanctuary at this time to offer the names of those who need God's healing and hope this morning. Jason. And those of you at home on Zoom, if you want to unmute yourself to offer names for hope and healing. The family of Rita Smith. Can, can you unmute? Phil, you can say that again. I'm sorry, I don't think we heard you in the sanctuary. Okay, the family of Rita Smith. Thank you. Are there any others? Lord, please be with all the ones that we have named. Be with ones left unnamed and unknown. And be with our own community in the midst of this surging virus. Be with us all, O oh Lord. We pray these things through Jesus Christ, our Lord, the one who has taught us to pray. And those of you at home, if you want to unmute yourselves, and then we'll say the Lord's Prayer together. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses as we lead against who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, power, and the glory forever. Amen. Well, it's been a long time since we have
uh, offered a hymn as a hymn of response. Uh, we started crafting this worship service when we were just worshiping on Zoom, and then we sort of stayed in that habit, so we have tried to uh, move this back to a little bit more of our regular order of service. So this morning, this is a hymn of response we are singing. So if someone wants to uh, profess faith or unite with our church in membership or renew your faith, I'll be down uh, front like I used to be, and that'll kind of be our tradition uh, going from here out. But let us stand now and respond to God by singing. Let us confess our sins together. Have mercy on our souls, O Lord. Create in us clean hearts. Do not turn away, do not turn us away from your presence. Restore us to the joy of your salvation. Forgive us and free us. Take a moment now to silently confess.
And now let us join our voices together for the assurance of forgiveness, which is from 1 John. Gracious God, our sins are too heavy to carry, too real to hide, and too deep to undo. Forgive what our lips tremble to name, what our hearts can no longer bear, and let us Set us free from a past that we cannot change. Open us to a future in which we can be changed. And grant us grace to grow more and more in your likeness and image. Through Jesus Christ, the light of the world. Amen. Well, that was obviously not 1 John. That was actually the confession of sin. So I don't know what happened to 1 John, but anyway. Your sins have been forgiven by God, who grants you grace and mercy always and forever. When the storms of life are raging, stand by me. Stand by me. When the storms of life are raging, stand by me. Stand by me. When the world is tossing me, I can ship upon it. See, I roost wind and water, stand by me. Stand by me. In the midst of tribulation, stand by me. Stand by me. In the midst of tribulation, stand by me. Stand by me. When the host of hell assail, and my strength begins to fail, I never lost a battle. Stand by me. Stand by me. In the midst of faults and failures, stand by me. Stand by me. In the midst of faults and failures, stand by me. Stand by me. I've done the best I can, and my friends misunderstand. Now who knows all about me? Stand by me. Stand by me. When I'm growing old and feeble. Stand by me. Stand by me. When I'm growing old and feeble, stand by me. Stand by me. When my life becomes a burden and a near chilly Jordan. Oh, the Lord of all creation, stand by me. Stand by me. Stand by me. So this God who stands by us through thick and through thin invites us to this table, gives us not really crumbs, but gives us himself, his very body, his very life. We're going to do this a little bit differently for a couple of reasons. One, we have these new little individual communion cups that are much easier to use than the old ones we've been using. But these won't fit in the pew pocket. <laughs> so one of the reasons we, <clears throat> there is a very practical reason that we left this till the very end of the service. So that uh, after you finish with this, you can take it and throw it away as you leave instead of trying to figure out what to do with it for the rest of the service. But we also leave it at the end of the service for a liturgical theological reason. 
Because we want you to leave with this, with the bread and the cup in your body, with that concrete reminder of God's love and God's grace. So here's how we're going to do the, the here's how we're going to get the elements to you. I'm going to come to the back and I'm going to dismiss you row by row to come up and to take just one. That's all you need. It's got the bread in the bottom, the, the, the drink in the top. And if you'll come down by the center aisle and then return to your seat by the side aisle and just wait and we'll take it all together, but you'll come down and get it and then, and then you'll wait on each other. Now, uh, everyone is welcome to take communion. This is the Lord's table. It's welcome to all of you. It's open to all of you. But if you had preferred not to take communion, don't feel like when I come to your row that you have to come down and do that. Um, and if it's difficult for you to come down, I also have a plate here that I will bring to you when it's over. So when everybody's come to get theirs, I'll ask, is there anyone who hasn't been served? And then I can bring it to you as well. So I'll come down and we'll begin to dismiss you and you can come to the table.
received from the Lord what I also handed on to you, that the Lord Jesus on the night when he was betrayed took a loaf of bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body that is In the same way, he took the cup after supper, also saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Let us pray. O Lord, may this bread remind us of your body, of your life that was given for us. And may this cup remind us of your blood that was poured out for us. May your sacrificial love live in us so that we may love our neighbors as generously and as recklessly as you love us. Help us to carry our cross. Help us to be your disciples. We give you thanks for these good gifts. Through Christ our Lord. Amen. So now if you want to take the cup and take the bread out. This is the body of Christ given for you. This is the blood of Christ shed for you. It has been good to worship with you. It has been especially good to gather around this table, to be reminded of God's love and God's mercy in ways that we can taste, in ways that are concrete. So may we take that love and may we take that mercy and may we share it with a world that is hungry. Let us stand for the benediction. May you go in peace to love and serve the Lord. And as you go, remember who you are. You are disciples of Jesus, our Lord and our brother, children of Almighty God, bound together as brothers and sisters through the Spirit. You are the very body of Christ. So may you serve the Lord with gladness all your days. Amen. You may go in peace.
that point.